0: Welcome back to Brazil Crypto Report for our weekly recap for the week of August 28th. I'm joined again by Antonio. Welcome back, Antonio.
1: Hey, Aaron. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for being uh, here.
1: It's It's been a, uh, an agitated week. Volatile, I would say. Oh, Vol- yes.
0: Yes. Good news and bad news. So mostly airing on the side of good news, I guess, except for uh, maybe the prices haven't really... The market prices haven't really held up as we, as we hope they would this week, but... Well, let's dive right in here. Um, we're going to go through kind of the top five or six stories uh, of the week pertaining to the Brazil market, and let's dive in. So uh, our first story here uh, is, came today on Friday. Uh, Otavio uh, Tavio Damaso, this guy who's one of the di- directors at the Central Bank, he was testifying before the, uh, the CPI uh, Congressional Committee on Crypto Pyramids today. And he dropped a little nugget that uh, the central bank's regulatory framework for crypto, uh, the crypto markets will be unveiled in the first half of next year, uh, which is a bit of a shock to the market. I think everyone was expecting it to come out later this year toward the end. Uh, And he was also, he also re re kind of upped his push for uh, the bank's push for asset segregation rules, which was famously left out of the original bill that passed last year uh antonio thoughts on this was this was this come as a bit of a surprise to you
1: yeah it came it came as a surprise because everyone was expecting a six months delay since uh the decree by the president so that would put us on the 20th 20th of december uh and so pushing that a bit is well we, we covered this last week right the the central bank is having issues they're pushing the pilot um and well, we are seeing that they are having some trouble, troubles there. Even though they are having advancements, uh, if am gonna go uh, cover the, the next story, uh, we are talking. We, we are seeing the, the first uh, transaction in the Drax platform already uh, between BTG and Itau. And last week we covered the the postponing of the um, of the pilot. But uh, we are seeing them. Well, first we thought that could be because of people, um, but apparently it's also some technical uh, restrictions there. They're trying to have more uh, bandwidth, but uh, not so much on, uh, n- not enough apparently. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. I found this kind of interesting actually, and I guess as a non-technical person, maybe this is above my pay grade. But there's been some issues with onboarding. Uh, these consortia there's 16 consortia participating in this and uh there's still about six of these guys that have not actually been able to onboard onto the Hyperledger bazoo network uh that the drex platform is being built on so that's um that's been so the original date i think the original deadline to get people onboarded here was was the middle of this month the middle of august and uh there there's still six consortia that haven't on, on onboarded yet so they've had to delay um, I'm gonna scroll down yeah. here to where it, where it, where they talk about this. But basically, they're they've the new deadline is now a third of November to get all these folks onboarded, and they've had to push another deadline for, uh, which is when they're going to be commencing the tokenization tests, uh, to December fourth. So definitely some delays here. Um, part of yeah, the reason looks appears to be just because of bandwidth speed. Like there's apparently some bandwidth requirements that. Uh, uh, that are 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 a bit like I don't fully understand this, but basically, they need to get the banks need to have like a 10 mbps pipe basically to to access the the central banks uh, this are the the financial system network or the rsfn. Um, but it's normally they only need like four mbps, but for this project they need 10 mbps, and that's apparently a difficult thing to to do. Yeah, um, even though but, anyway, that's I, like
1: yeah, I think I think if we. It's it's better, I mean not better, but I think I think also that we should look at this uh, on the half the glass half full, right? Because we are seeing the first uh, steps by private uh, uh, companies, and in this case financial institutions, to doing the first transaction on the DREX. So yeah. that's a a big milestone. Um, and well, you're seeing that the, the central bank, the public sector is already providing the platform and the private sector is very much interested into that. So I think that's a half glass, a glass half full kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So itau and BTG, the two biggest banks in the country executed this transaction, uh, basically using testnet tokens, but they were able to successfully execute it. Uh, so that's obviously a big step in the right direction. And, um, yeah, so we'll see, uh, not sure how much to read into some of these technical issues. If it's, if it's, if it, it sounds like it's a mix of some technical things, and then some of the staffing things like we talked about before. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll see how this goes. So uh, big news of the week, obviously uh, worldwide was, was the grayscale lawsuit. Uh grayscale won pretty resoundingly. At it's lawsuit against the sec, which was quite interesting. Um, had a big impact on the, on the market this week. Uh, these Bloomberg ETF analyst guys who are, uh, kind of the new celebrities of crypto Twitter, uh, these ETF analyst people like Eric Balcunas and James Seifert, uh, they're saying now that we have a 75% chance of a spot Bitcoin ETF launching this year and 95% by the end of 2024. So um, I guess we'll see how that goes. But see, it feels, feels to me like we're still, you know, we're still like a little ways off. There's a lot, I mean, there, there's the SEC has 45 days to appeal the decision, there's still a lot of administrative. Uh, kind of blockages that they can they can maneuver if they choose. Even though there, it sounds like their their core arguments have been shot down by the court, but there's still plenty of things that they can do to gum up this whole process if they choose to do that.
1: Um, yeah, one of the most the main path of path of defense from uh, Grayscale was to try and prove to the SEC that uh, it uh, the the futures ETFs that they have approved. Are the same thing as a spot ETF, so they were able to prove that 99% a uh, 99% of, ident- uh, uh, of same uh, rules, same uh, everything. So it's almost the same thing. And now the SEC has to uh, come back and say, okay, this is different because of these reasons, and see if the court uh, the court uh, uh, accepts that. Or, but if we're looking at these odds, I would say, yeah, some sometime next year. Um, but this year, I think it's pretty hard for, for us to see an ETF going on.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't really see it coming this year either, as much as I would like to. Uh, important to note that the court didn't rule, didn't order SEC to approve the ETF. They just ordered the SEC to review the application again. So uh, it's unclear. Like it's, It doesn't even like Grayscale even knows what the next steps are. Even Michael Sunshine, the CEO, has been on TV a bit, and he still doesn't even really know like what comes next. So I, I see a low chance of this happening this year, uh, but next year definitely seems in play. Uh, leads us into our next story here. Uh, there's an interesting angle, uh, interesting hashtags angle here. The the Brazilian uh, asset manager that has a number of crypto funds, ETFs in Brazil and and, and other other places. Uh, but they've got an interesting little maneuver here, and they've got some actually got some nice media coverage here from the FT and some other places. Uh, but basically, they're trying to convert their Bitcoin futures ETF in the U S into a a mixed ETF that would uh, consist of, of Bitcoin, spot, Bitcoin, Bitcoin futures and cash. And there's apparently a a maneuver that they can, they can use to do this just based on the fact that they were, they're registered under the 1933. uh, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to pretend like I understand all this like ETF law, (laughs) <laughs> like, like, I have no idea but, personally But <laughs> like anyway There's there's kind of like a backdoor maneuver That they're going to try to use To offer spot Bitcoin in an ETF Basically by using The Chicago Mercantile Exchange uh, futures, uh, futures Like price index price, Because the SEC has already approved These uh, Bitcoin futures to trade In the Chicago Mercantile Exchange uh, Regulated market So if they're using the prices From, from this market to acquire spot Bitcoin uh, then that should be that should, in theory, alleviate the SEC's concerns of market manipulation. Is kind of what's going on there. So there's a reasonable chance that hashtags might front run all these guys, like the Black Rocks and the you know and the the, the Ark Invest and and these other people to Fidelity to to get a a, a bit a, a it wouldn't be a fully spot Bitcoin ETF, but like a, a an ETF that does some hold cash, spot yeah. Bitcoin, some cash, some spot Bitcoin. So that's pretty interesting. So they got some nice coverage out of this. So kudos to them. Yeah, um, I think
1: the, the ETF uh, wars—let's call it that way—it um, is getting to a point that is similar to what we saw with the with the Libra uh, Facebook coin, right? They had so much, so many, so many lawyers talking about this. Of course, there what uh, in that case there was a small, um, let's say. Um, worry from the governments that that coin could be used for payments instead of the usd blah blah blah, but they spent uh, north of a hundred million dollars in lawyers just to to get the the deem libra uh, coin going so i'm seeing something similar here in the sense that um there is the the sec trying to uh stifle Any new ETF and every market participant is like trying to push that because they have no reason to deny. I mean, no, no, like reasonable reason. I mean, something that actually makes sense for them not to accept since they accepted ETF futures. Um, But yeah, I think this is a an ongoing uh, not war because uh, well, we will see how people will see in the next. uh, podcasts, um, how the CVM is looking at things, um, but there is this uh, conundrum going on right now between the market participants that want to continue in the market and the regulators that are trying to put in place some some rules so things are, are not uh, exploited, let's say. And that's yeah. uh, something that we saw as well with the CVM rejecting the the Binance settlement offer, right? Um, Yeah, yeah. Binance was accused, I think, 2020. uh, Sorry, they received a stop order in 2020. um, and Then they've complied with all the asks uh, by the CVM. But then apparently, um, a a news portal reporter covered and and got screenshots or um, proofs that the Binance team was telling people that they could just change the language and access derivatives in other countries, um, as if as, as if they were outside of Brazil. So that well, that took a hit, made the CVM open up again the, um, the the process, the investigation, and now they rejected the the settlement. So yeah, things continue not to be cool for Binance.
0: Yeah. Um
1: And um, but yeah, it's this, um, I think it's that CVM is doing the correct thing in the sense that um, the the, the whole market somehow now that we have a law, the whole market needs to adapt to it. Right. So the CVM, the the Binance has been been trying to acquire its broker dealer license called the TVM in Brazil uh, unsuccessfully for almost two years now. They don't get that approved um yeah so even though binance is uh, sorry brazil is big for binance things are not so easy for them here right now
0: yeah yeah and with this proposal so they they basically proposed a 2 million million hayao uh fine uh just pay 2 million hayes to settle these allegations that they that that they were violating the stop order of offering crypto derivatives products to brazilians and the CVM rejected that. So it's unclear what the next steps are going to be in this. It um, doesn't really say in this article here. I haven't seen any reporting on what the exact next steps are. But uh, it, it I guess, doesn't look very positive. Um, the, I know those screenshots from was from Portal do Bitcoin. And uh, they had, yeah, they, they, the, the, the reporter was posing as a customer. And he was going on to the chat, like the the customer chat, like help chat. And he was asking... Like how to how we could access the derivative products. And the, the customer support person was just saying, like, oh, if you just change the language from Brazilian Portuguese to Portugal Portuguese, you can access all these derivatives products. And so we got screenshots of all that stuff. So and that those screenshots, that reporting actually prompted the CVM to reopen this, this lawsuit that they had ongoing against Binance. Um, so anyway, so that yeah, that's obviously not very good optics. Um, and of course you can you know, the, like the Mercado Bitcoin and all of, all of, uh, Binance's enemies in the country here all jumped on that. Um, so anyway, so yeah, not looking great for, for Binance, but like, I guess my rule number one of crypto is never bet against CZ for any reason. So <laughs> that's all, cause he'll always, he always finds a way to outsmart people. So we'll see, yeah, if, we'll see he, what happens. He's got here.
1: a nice war chest, right? So yeah, or, yeah, everyone thinks they do so yeah exactly yeah exactly
0: we'll find out here
1: all, all you need all you need is, is a collective belief so yeah um, yeah people believe in that so yeah nice
0: so uh moving on here we've got another interesting story here about uh do brazil which uh has a new partnership with agro token and they're going to be integrating uh tokenized commodities real world assets into uh, some sort of, of marketplace that they're building. I don't fully understand this, but I think you've reached to us just, you've looked into this a bit more than I have. So I'll, maybe I'll hand this over to you.
1: Yeah, um, I did some research on agrotoken earlier this year when I was taking a look and understanding better what people were doing into tokenization. And uh, what they did is that they, they're they basically working with corn and soy producers in Brazil to tokenize their their uh, crops. So in Brazil, there's this, I, I think that's common in many places of the world where people trade um, a certain amount of a commodity as a payment currency. So in Brazil, that is uh, this sacas, uh, the bags of uh, 52 kilograms, if I'm not mistaken. And that can, that has a certain price in the market that is bought by the commodities market, producers, sorry, uh, um, uh, manufacturers and so on. Uh, so what they did is basically make that process easier for them to exchange their, their crops into well raw materials uh pay for something uh using their platform in in their token so basically the producer on one side uh produce their crop tokenize it uh, and on the other side the agro token they connect suppliers uh, payments and everything and allow producers to pay with their token um, uh, as a means of payment so in this case, not yet a investment product on soy or beans, oh sorry, or corn, but rather a means of payment of something that is kind of common in the agricultural space in Brazil, uh, bringing to a, a tokenized version of that.
0: So essentially, if I'm a if I'm a producer, if I'm a farmer, I could take these uh, take my my crops, I could tokenize them. And then I'm I can basically use those tokens as it means to pay for other like fertilizers or seeds or machinery or whatever. Uh, and then um, I would I, it, basically instead of having to take my crops to market and sell them to get the cash to then go and buy all these things, or 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 potentially even trying to take out like some other sort of credit instrument uh, line of credit against uh, a, a, like a, a against the product. Uh, in a non-tokenized format I suppose. So seems like yeah, yeah it's kind the, of creating like sort of a circular economy of sorts within within agribusiness which is which is pretty interesting. Yeah um,
1: exactly. If I were to speculate the the role of Banco do Brazil here, they're probably on the other side of this deal like, oh do you want to have credit? Do you wanna uh, sell this or pay someone using your tokens or your crop. You give your crop to us. We make the payment for the person that you want to pay and we keep the crop and they then they can sell that on their agro uh, business part, right? Every bank in Brazil has a, a an arm in agriculture, in, in agriculture here in Brazil. So if I would speculate, I would say that that's something what uh, uh, I think uh, Banco do Brasil is doing with this.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I think just the fact that Banco do Brazil is involved in a project like this in itself is is pretty inherently interesting. It's obviously one of the largest banks in the country, and uh, it's owned by the state too, I believe. Right? So it's a government-owned bank, or at least partly owned by the government. Partly, yeah. Federal, federal government. So, um, yeah. So they obviously have quite a bit of quite a bit of uh, weight to carry around, and and quite a bit of influence. So, uh, so that's pretty interesting. Um, really interesting to see how kind of the this tokenizing commodities, uh, th- this trend plays out in Brazil, just given the importance of agribusiness, as you were mentioning, uh, the importance of agriculture in the economy. Um, so, um, yeah, so I we didn't get a chance to talk about any of the, the CPI, uh, stuff this week. Um, there's a few a little bit of drama with like the one, two, three, Milias guys. Uh, Ronald Gini finally showed up to testify after. I think he no showed like three times the, the former, uh, uh, kind of Brazilian football legend guy who's now, uh, uh, involved in lots of shady cryptocurrency pyramid projects. Um, so, uh, but yeah, well, there's, seems to be never ending flow of drama. So we'll probably get to that next week, but, uh, thanks everyone for listening. I uh, hope this is helpful. Hope this gives you a better idea of what's happening in Brazil, uh, on the crypto front, lots of interesting stuff happening here. So definitely, uh, worth paying attention to, um, and uh if you enjoy this be sure to hit that like button subscribe uh leave a review wherever you uh listen to this um it, it helps out a ton and it it's, doesn't cost you anything so i uh, greatly appreciate the support and uh antonio uh we'll uh i guess we'll catch up next week
1: yeah for sure looking forward to what next week brings us
0: never a dull moment right yeah all right cheers
1: bye cheers